and to the end zone. Touchdown, Travis Kelsey. Got him to jump off, had the free play, and pays it off with the pass to the tight end. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chiefly Football. Here is Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid meeting with the press on Monday, the day after the game, giving his overview of the Chiefs' win over the Broncos and some of the things that he saw and maybe some of the improvements that they'd like to see take place. Listen, all in all, uh, uh, I'm proud of our guys for the for the job that they did of just hanging together uh, uh, against uh, Denver. I, I thought Denver had a nice game plan. My hat goes off to Vic and the job that he's doing up there. So, um, on the other hand, I again I thought our, our coordinators had uh, had a good plan. I guess and we can tighten up some things in certain spots. I mentioned to you last night that um, I could do a better job putting our guys in better positions in the red zone um, with some different play calls there. So, um, and then the Tyreek uh, Hill touchdown. You know, I <clears throat> met with our. Uh, a few of the people here on on that situation and um you know how we might be able to not have that happen again and again that's uh, that's my responsibility there i, I mentioned to you how it kind of went down yesterday and and so our, our people upstairs got the the feed the live feed as fast as they possibly could up on the board and and to to the box and it was just uh wasn't quite in time to take take a review of it before we had to we had to punt but that's no fault of, of theirs and, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I always check with the player, and, and uh, I, I mentioned it's the first time I've ever had a player tell me that he didn't catch it, and he did catch it. So I'll put that one into, into the learning category in that. So, but anyways, that, that's, uh, those were kind of the primary, primary things. It was good to see uh, the turnovers that took place on defense. I, I was glad to see that we were able to pressure the quarterback and, uh, and get, get those feet moving around with the young kid there. And, and um, you know, we, we just will keep growing as a, as a football team. We've got a big challenge this week. One play that will certainly stick in the memory of Chiefs fans, the Tyreek Hill touchdown that wasn't the incredible catch that he didn't know that he made. In fact, Andy mentioned Tyreek had told him that he didn't make the catch. But here's Patrick Mahomes when he was asked about that particular play and when did he know that it was actually a touchdown and not an incomplete pass. I, I didn't realize until uh, after they showed the replay and we'd already punted. Um, so uh, I told Tyreek in the locker room, I said, man, you're so good at, at receiver. You don't even know when you catch touchdowns these days. Based on the record of the Broncos and obviously how well the Chiefs have been playing, a lot of us anticipated a, a lopsided victory by the Chiefs, which didn't happen as a result of challenges in the red zone, kicking five field goals and only scoring one touchdown. Social media talks a lot about it. And, and I'm, I think a lot of most of us are guilty is our expectations are, are pretty high with this offense, especially. We expect to score touchdowns. We have the very best quarterback. We have super talented skill possession people. Frankly, we didn't think that the Broncos would put up much of a fight but you know, as as we look around the NFL, even just as just yesterday, the records really weren't an indication of how well some of these teams are playing when you don't expect them to generate the success. 
the Raiders have to win on a Hail Mary in their 31-28 victory over the winless New York Jets, which resulted in their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, getting fired, as rightly as he should, doing a cover zero all-out blitz on a third and ten when all he had to do was keep the play in front of them. Unbelievable. But then probably the biggest shocker is the New York football giants going into Seattle, 5-7 and seven or 5-4-7 and four and seven record at the time, even though they were leading the NFC East, and take down the Seahawks. Patrick Mahomes was asked about maybe some of the things that they're learning from these tight games. Yeah, I think... Uh... I mean, we're just we're just battle tested. I mean, we we've played in a lot of tight football games, and we we have to find ways to win. Obviously, we we didn't play the way we wanted to as far as in the red zone of executing uh, and scoring touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, but in this league, you have to find a way to win. Every single team has a has a is going to have bring their best shot and going to have a chance to beat you. And as long as you come out with a win in the end, it doesn't have to be pretty. And I thought the guys did a great job of battling today and finding a way. Maybe as an indicator in how focused the team is. Kelsey was asked the same question about the phantom Tyreek touchdown that didn't happen, and he couldn't even remember the play and had to ask for some clarification. Um, the play with Tyreek, man, I feel like there were a few of them. He, he caught the touchdown in the uh, first quarter, but you guys weren't able to review it in time. Did you not oh, see that? Oh, yeah, no, that was unbelievable. Yeah, no, I um, I forgot about that play. Golly, it was, uh, I mean, what an amazing catch, right? And uh, to be on the same page. As your quarterback, knowing it's cover zero and he put the ball right where it needed to be um, and have a guy like Tyreek Hill. I mean, the dead, the most deadliest weapon uh, that I've ever seen play this game. And I, I stand behind that every single week. Um, he's good for for uh, big plays throughout the entire game. And you have to account for that. And uh, that obviously makes my job and everybody else's job on the field easier. Um, but, yeah, I wish we would have had an extra tick to, to throw a red flag or try and challenge that because – um, that guy's unbelievable, man. As Chiefs fans, we've got to be totally excited about how focused the team is. You heard Patrick. You heard Kelsey. Kelsey even elaborated a little bit more when he was asked about celebrating this win resulting in qualifying for the playoffs. Um, I mean, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, we have goals within that. Winning the division is one of them. Trying to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs is another, and then uh, and then reaching the Super Bowl is obviously another. So it's just uh, trying to uh, take it game by game. You can't look too far ahead, um, knowing that you know uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, I know I said shout out to the Raiders, but shout out to the Broncos uh, for for playing a very good defense. I mean, it is what it is. They stuffed us in the in the red zone in the the past two times that we've played them. We'd had struggle. We struggled on third downs, um, and you know accepting that challenge every single week and, and, and trying to become a better football team because of it is just the mentality that we have. So uh, moving on to Miami next week and we'll roll from there. Well, you're all caught up with what the players and coach Andy Reid had to say. Now let's go ahead and turn it over to Ken Locke and Staten as they discuss the review of the Kansas City Chiefs win over the Denver Broncos. Take it away, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> that was a big win. Not the not the win that we were expecting for sure, but this is Stan and Kinlock coming at you after the Chiefs Broncos game. Chiefs win in Arrowhead, twenty two sixteen. Stan, thanks for joining me. Thank How you, you doing, Dave? I'm doing I'm doing great. It's a victory Monday, so that's always a good feeling. Um, going eleven and one. I mean, happy with that. Uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, not. 
the win, not the win that we thought we were gonna get, but a W is a W. I, I'm happy. I'm happy with. Uh, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what happened. <laughs> yeah, obviously we're gonna get into the analysis of it, um, but during while while we were watching the game, and I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of frustration for Chiefs fans everywhere, and there's always that in the moment you have your emotional reactions, even immediately following the game. So all of us have kind of had at least a day to to think back on the game and look at look at it a little bit more objectively but it was definitely a, a hard game to watch I think at times just because we have such high expectations for the Chiefs and especially for the offense and they just never really seem to find their groove throughout the game uh, and we talked about it in the last last podcast that we did the review of the Bucks game and just talking about how expectations are so high for the Chiefs and a lot of people are kind of expecting them to break our hearts at some point so I think this didn't really help those people who, and, who, are, and, who are concerned about that. And I think that, you know, as we said last podcast, we are very spoiled as Chiefs fans. But I think as our listeners and, you know, Chiefs fans out there listen to this podcast and kind of hear our analysis of it, I think that, you know, some of the nerves or some of the rising potential heartbreak will be put to rest because this game was looks a lot closer on the scoreboard than it really was. Yeah. So let's just, let's just get right into the the analysis of it then. Let's go ahead and start with some of the good things that we saw from the offense. So what are some things that you want to point out that that the offense did really well in this game? Well, I think we got to start with Travis Kelsey. He just cannot be stopped. He is a man on a mission. He's on a historical streak right now. I mean, he's the the first tight end with five thousand yard receiving seasons in a row he had eight receptions 136 yards and a touchdown Um, he's actually the first tight end in the Super Bowl era with 1100 yards in the first 12 games of a season so I mean he he really is on he's on a roll this year and he he cannot be stopped obviously teams are game planning for him but they can't really do anything for it secondly Patrick Mahomes and Pat we trust he, you know, you look, you look at his stat line and he only threw one touchdown and you're thinking, man, Patty just had an off game. But actually, according to PFF, this is his highest ranked game this year with 93.3. He also, so out of all the quarterbacks, he has the most 300 plus yard games this season. So everyone who's worried about Patrick and, you know, maybe fallen short on this game statistically, I think y'all need to relax. And then one thing that I, th- I know is going to be very controversial with, with Chiefs fans, and I know that it's, made, it's, e- it's even made some national n- shakes in the water with, in social media, but Tyreek Hill, I know that you, you saw it, and Chiefs fans everywhere were pretty shocked with the catch that he made, or the catch that was not a catch. The, gr- the greatest touchdown catch that was not a touchdown. Yes, maybe it was a fluke. Tyreek didn't even think he caught the ball, but nevertheless... It was a 40-yard touchdown that wasn't challenged. It was bobbled in the air. It happened to be pinned between him and the, him and the defender, and he just happened to hold on to the ball casually. <laughs> that was on a third down. We decided to punt, and by the time Andy got the call that we should probably challenge it, it was too late, as well as a 48-yard touchdown that got called back due to a holding. So Tyreek Hill's finishing stat line was six receptions, 58 yards, and zero touchdowns. Had those small little changes been made right that holding call that really was a pretty soft holding call I think we can agree on on all ready and then that touchdown had it been you know called a touchdown 
as it was, he would have had at least eight receptions, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's a big difference. So Chiefs fans out there who are looking at the stat line thinking what's going on with Tyreek and what's going on with Pat, you got, you got to watch the game and just see how, how, much, how close it was to just being a complete blowout. Yeah, and I think if, like you said, if those plays had gone in our favor, I think that would have been like the fourth game in a row that Tyreek went over 100 yards. So that would have just continued his, his dominant streak. Obviously, fantasy owners are probably a little upset because he had two touchdowns taken away. But, but I think, like you said, I mean, it's easy to go to any game and just be like, oh, if this had gone differently, then this is going to change everything. But like, those are two things that, I mean, one literally was a touchdown that just didn't get challenged. So there's not a lot of like, a lot of things had to happen differently or something like that. And then even the, and like you said, the holding call, they actually did score the touchdown. They just also threw a flag. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, like you said, and I think that one was a little soft, but I think overall this game just came down to a lot of missed opportunities by the the Chiefs offense. And just to kind of highlight that and just kind of show that, yeah, this game was disappointing in how it ended, but this is why. And I think a lot of these things were a little, I don't want to say fluky, but uncharacteristic and things that can easily be fixed or easily not happen in the future when, when the Chiefs are, are playing. And I think first and foremost, we, we should say that the, the Chiefs for the most part did not get stopped on offense, at least by the Broncos defense. Like we, we had no problem moving the ball offensively. It was just really once we got into the red zone that we kind of stalled out. Yeah, so I'll just kind of go over a couple of the missed opportunities. You, you highlighted two of them with Tyreek Hill, but I, also on the first drive, Mahomes missed Tyreek on a deep crossing route. That would have been a huge play, maybe even a touchdown if you know we know Tyreek's speed. There were two drives in the game that were in the red zone, and Mahomes had two tipped passes, both on third down. The first one was the play where we thought that they had jumped off sides and, you know, Pretty close, pretty close for that, but that ball was tipped, and I think Kelsey would have had the first down if, if it wasn't, wasn't tipped. And the second one was later, and it would have been a touchdown to Watkins if the ball hadn't been tipped. So the plays, a lot of the plays were there to be made, just sometimes the defense made some good plays, and other times we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot with, you know, the holding penalties or, you know, making un, un, uncharacteristic bad throws from Mahomes or things like that. And I, I do want to argue the other side. I know that there are, I'm sure there are a lot of Chiefs fans out there that are thinking, yeah, well, there are a lot of what ifs in every game, and Dave, Dave, I was watching the game with Dave, and he was he was going off, you know, he was very unhappy, and I kept saying, well, it, we were so close, and he'd say, it doesn't matter if points don't go on the board, it doesn't matter, and we're not trying to justify that what the Chiefs did was okay. What we're trying to do is to ensure that Chiefs fans aren't so bogged down about this game not being a huge blowout like we expected it to be. We're not saying that we are happy with the outcome because obviously no one likes leaving points on the field, right? And we left a lot of them on the field in this game. But what we're saying is that this is just one of those games where things just do not go your way and it's, there's no real reason to panic. And like you said, I think that there are some, I mean, there are a few serious things that we need to talk about. You brought it up earlier with the red zone conversions. We're actually 24th in the league uh, when when we're in the red zone with a conversion percentage of 57%. So that definitely needs to go up, which is a little shocking, honestly, because Andy Reid is such a creative play caller. You'd think that that would be a lot higher, but I think it comes down to the run game and not really having a downhill running back that you can just give the ball a two when it's on a two or a one-yard line. We, you know, we had Le'Veon Bell twice running it within the, within the five, I think even once at the one-yard line, and he got stopped. So 
Uh, I think having a solid running back that you can go to on short yardage situations is a big help. And unfortunately, we're not quite equipped with that yet. But uh, I know Andy can can eventually overcome this. Yeah, and I think the running game was probably pretty average, I would think, just like throughout the game. I mean, we had – I mean, Le'Veon Bell had 40 yards off 10 carries – or 11 carries, so just a little under four yards a carry. Um, And then Darrell Williams really got the ball at the end of the game to to run out the clock and I thought he did a pretty good job. He had six attempts for 38 yards and a couple first downs and help, you know, run some run some time off the clock. But yeah, like you said, I think it's this is where obviously we would miss Kareem Hunt where we always felt confident with him at the end of games or in the red zone that with his power and with his size, with his ability to catch that, you know, we were we were a lot more effective in the red zone at that time. I guess I'm a little disappointed that with Le'Veon Bell that hasn't like he hasn't been able to be that guy because he definitely was that guy in, in Pittsburgh. I wonder how much of it is just our offense, just the focus being on throwing the ball, if that's just kind of affected our, kind of our mentality going into the red zone or even on short yard plays where we need to, to really pound the rock if our offense is so skill-driven and you know they're, they're not a, a power offense. They're, they're the skill offense. They're finesse. And so when they kind of have to have that physical mentality, I don't know if that's really in their DNA right now. So that's something obviously that we are concerned about. But yeah, like you said, I mean, some of these things, the things I highlighted were just missed opportunities that I feel like aren't things that should concern us long-term or big picture. But like you said, I mean, it's understandable as fans for us to get, get our knickers in a bunch because they aren't playing to the level that we, that we want them to. And, and like you said, we're not here... I mean, obviously, we we might have our, our rose-colored glasses on just talking about how great we know Mahomes is and how he's going to be able to overcome everything. But Dave and Marcus talk about the days of Marty with Alex Smith and the, the playoff failures we had. Just the feeling that you had as a fan, just knowing that, oh, something's gonna, you know, something bad's going to happen. This is, this is too good to be true, even at, at the best times. It, you, you weren't able to enjoy all of the good things that happened with Alex Smith because you knew that at a certain point it was going to fail. And after you've seen Mahomes, after he brought the Super Bowl to Kansas City, you see you see the potential that he has, the unlimited ceiling. I just want fans to enjoy the good things that they have while you have it, because I'm sure Patriots fans are are wishing that they had enjoyed the ups and downs of Brady. Like I think we need to enjoy the ups and downs, and even if the Chiefs don't play up to their potential in in some of these games, just enjoy the fact that we have this confidence in Mahomes that he can that he can come back and win games or that the defense can can get a stop when it matters at the end of games things like that i, th- I think it's just it's a feeling you know that you have as a fan that hopefulness that i feel like as chiefs fans we haven't had before Mahomes so i i completely agree with that uh throughout the game dave was just i mean i'm not i'm not trying to call dave out Dave is a, <laughs> is a diehard chiefs fan one of the die, die hardestest ones you'll find <laughs> Um, but he, he, you know, he he has that mentality of eventually things will go south. And I don't know if I just have the, you know, the naive, you know, blind faith in Patrick Mahomes that you know the youthfulness kind of ha- kind of you know brings in me. But you know, throughout the game, I was t- I was just so confident that at any point we were just gonna bust it wide open because it felt like there were so many times that we could have and, and you've already touched on that with with the many times that we you know we hurt ourselves. But like you said there's so much faith that we have in Patrick that no matter what, where we are in the game, we're confident that we're going to pull it out just because we have the greatest football player potentially ever 
leading our team. And so I, I completely agree with you. We just need to enjoy the ups and downs that come with, you know, being Super Bowl contenders for the next 10 years. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately it's just that confidence that you have in every single game compared to like the hopelessness that you, like if you're the Jets when they blew that game to the Raiders yesterday or, you know, the Browns who are just, I'm sure that all their fans are just waiting for them to blow it. And that's how we were with Alex Smith. I mean, yeah, it's just a different mindset when you're watching every game with with confidence versus the the hopelessness or the you know expecting failure. So I do want to say one, one point before we move on about watching games with with Dave. Um, like you said, Dave's obviously a diehard Chiefs fan, and and he kind of has this mindset sometimes where he just wants the the Chiefs to to play up to their potential every game. But Stan, you are somebody who is also fun to watch Chiefs games with just because you're, you have that confidence in Mahomes. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's funny hearing you and Dave go back and forth throughout the game. And I do get the feeling that because you're very passionate about Mahomes and, and the, the fact that he's going to bring us back and you get kind of quite animated about it. I wish the viewers would be able to, to get a sneak peek in that. But I do, I do think that Dave says some of the things that he says about the despair he feels for the Chiefs in any game just to push your buttons sometimes. And what makes me mad is it works. I know deep down he's trying to just push my buttons and I try to not let him, but it works so well. Because if you say anything bad about Patty, I will show up at your door. I will defend him. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about defending, uh, uh, our defense did... They did pretty well. I think that the only thing that we need to worry about is our run defense. Melvin Gordon tore us up for 131 yards, averaged 8.7 yards a carry. He had a huge 65-yard run that set him up for an eventual touchdown. But, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, how do you think that our defense went besides, you know, the the lack of run stopping? I don't know. I'm still reeling a little bit from that transition, but uh, caught me a little off guard. (laughs) Defending um... Patty to defending (laughs) our defense. (laughs) Defending other offenses. Yeah, no, it was a... It was a spectacular segue. I appreciated it. Yeah, so as far as the defense goes, I mean, people are going to nitpick the defense. But at the end of the day, the Broncos only scored 16 points. So regardless of how you feel about the game turned out, the fact that the defense held the Broncos to only 16 points, it's not on the defense for, for the way that we feel about this game or the way it turned out. They had the two big interceptions from Matthew. I really do think Matthew, that was a big game for him, obviously, with the interceptions. But I think he has played better this week and last week because the defensive backfield has has all come back healthy. I mean, getting Snead back, we, we have our entire defense, and Matthew doesn't have to – he's not stuck in one position now because of injuries where he has to fill in at the slot cornerback because that's where he was for the last few weeks. He was filling in that the slot corner role, so he, he wasn't able to, to roam around and be a ball hawk. Getting Snead back and having Snead work in in that slot corner role, I think it frees up Matthew a lot, and so we're, we're – probably going to see the honey badger from last year kind of show up now that he's in that position that he plays the best well and to your point now that we have healthy defensive backs back matthew blitzed uh you know you saw him blitz quite a few times this game and and he was able to come up with two big run stops he was he was targeted three times on 33 coverage snaps and he only allowed one catch for five yards and like you said he had his two interceptions so i think it really is Great to have our defense healthy again, so he he can be you know his true ball hawk self like like you said because he, he's such he's such a versatile player that he can blitz he can cover sometimes it seems like he's afraid to tackle bigger guys but I mean he he has that mentality at least to get in there yeah no he definitely had a good game and I think 
in general, coverage was pretty good from the defense. Bashad Breeland obviously gave up that that fade touchdown in the end zone, but that honestly, that was just a, a great throw. It was a great catch to get both of his feet in, and it was really good coverage. He just it was just a great play by the offense. I thought. I feel like a lot of the you know third down conversions and stuff that they had, and a lot of the you know the 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 bigger plays, it was just be, it, like our coverage was there. It just we missed a couple tackles, and I know that Hamler, you know, the speedy guy, and he was able to break a couple tackles. You know, like he juked Juan Thornhill out, who's usually a pretty pretty sure tackler. And so, I think tackling obviously needs to be addressed. I don't think it's going to be a, a long term issue uh, in that aspect. But our, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think our coverage was pretty good all game. Obviously, we held Drew Lock to 150 yards and two touchdowns, two picks. So pretty happy with our coverage. I mean, obviously, the the thing that we're a little concerned about, or the negative I think we could take away from how the defense played was was the rushing yards that it gave up. And and Marcus and Dave talked about it in the preview game where they kind of threw out some stats and talked about how the Chiefs defense is actually better in the run game than the Broncos defense was heading into this game, which I guess was a little surprising for us just because we know that everybody likes to pick on the Chiefs in their, their run defense. But Melvin Gordon really had a great game with 131 rushing yards didn't have a touchdown and I do think that his yardage was obviously padded by a huge 65 yard run so I mean besides that I don't think he was getting a lot of chunk runs and then Philip Lindsay had a, a few good runs but he had a lot of tackles for loss as well where I mean Willie Gay had a really nice tackle early in the game on him and and so we didn't we saw Philip Lindsay early and it was just adequately effective nothing great and then we saw Melvin Gordon towards the end so I mean so I mean the rush defense definitely had the yards that the Chiefs gave up are, I would say, a negative to take away from the game. But like we, we pointed out earlier, the fact that it only led to 16 points for the Broncos and, and no rushing touchdowns. So I guess it seems like it was just like a lot of yards and not no points really came from it. So I do think it was interesting just how the, how the Broncos played us. It was pretty clear that their strategy was what we've seen the last couple of weeks where teams tried to, to get in a shootout, like with the, with the Raiders, they tried to get in a shootout with us. They tried to beat us in our own game and they were, they were effective for, for the first game when they beat us and it didn't quite work the second time. Uh, the Broncos tried the opposite approach, which was kind of the approach that we saw a lot last year where teams would try to play ball control, keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball in Mahomes' hands, you know, don't, don't turn the ball over. And then on defensive side of the ball, bend, but don't break. Give the give the Chiefs the yards, but don't let them score touchdowns. Give up field goals, and so the the Broncos did that defensively. They did a really good job where they forced the Chiefs to kick a bunch of field goals. But unfortunately, Drew Locke throwing those two interceptions really killed that that strategy. So I think if they had you know maybe a, a more experienced quarterback or somebody who's a little bit safer with the ball, that strategy might have worked this game. I I think for me it's just interesting to see how other teams continue to try to strategize against the Chiefs because like we've said before with how potent the Chiefs offense is you're basically choosing how you're going to die every week and so this week the the Broncos tried to slow the bleeding and then they just you know bled out at the end instead of just trying even to get more, in a shootout but. even more painful death the slower <laughs> defeat you know you're just gonna eventually lose um but I, I think something that does need to be addressed um moving on from our defense to our special teams Harrison Butker obviously in the past weeks, not as much in the past weeks, but definitely in the beginning of the season, he was getting a lot of ill will from Chiefs fans due to missed extra points. He was our leading scorer this game. So without him, according to the scoreboard, we don't win. So I think, you know, it's good to 
to get some more respect put onto Butker's name because he really is a great kicker to have, especially with the leg that he has to be able to hit from 60 yards. Well, he kicked five, five field goals in that game. So I feel like no other – I mean, Travis Kelsey had a really good game. So, And even Mahomes was good. I don't know if you want to give Butker the MVP just because he nailed all those kicks. That, that last field goal, I don't know what the heck was going on there with a bogus delay of game penalty that the refs called because there was obviously one second left on the clock when that ball was snapped. So, And it's strange because usually when they mess up on delay of game calls, it's because they don't – like they literally wait too long to call. You know, sometimes you'll yeah. watch and it'll be zero and they still haven't called it. And so it was interesting to watch them call it extra early on a delay of game. Yeah, they didn't delay their penalty call long enough. That was just – but again, it was just like that game winner that they had. Was that the Chargers game? Yeah, the Chargers game where, you know, they kept getting penalties, Butker kept nailing field goals. And so it only took two times this time. But the fact that he nailed that first one, had to take the penalty, went five yards back and and nailed that 48-yard field goal. I mean, so much pressure on somebody at that point because at that point in the game, uh, if he misses that field goal, the Broncos are like 30 yards away from field goal range to tie that game. So definitely a big kick. I don't know, do you agree with them settling for that field goal? Or would you have wanted to see them go for it? As a fan and someone who loves the excitement of having Patrick Mahomes on the field, I would have loved to see them go for it and just, you know, try to rack up the points. But it was a smart call. As you said, I think it was a really clutch kick from Butker to be able to make that and to make them have to score a touchdown. Yeah, because that was a a fourth and three at at the Broncos' 25-yard line. So I think if you won, if you didn't trust Butker to make that field goal, which at that point would have been a 43-yard field goal, or if you think that if you're nervous about the other team's offense being able to move the ball down and score a touchdown, then that's a time where where you'd go for it. But like you said, I think all things considered, obviously Andy Reid had confidence in Butker to make it and also probably didn't expect – the Broncos offense to be able to move the ball and score, score a touchdown. So yeah, good call, Andy. I guess moving on to the, the final point where we're kind of talking about the missed opportunities that we had that we think were a little fluky or just uncharacteristic of the Chiefs. And then I think there were a couple of things, a couple of negatives, both on offense and defense that Chiefs fans might be concerned about moving forward. So I guess my question is, what does this game tell you, Stan, about the team moving forward and in potential matchups in the playoffs? I don't know if it's just my complete love of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, hit Tiger Kill. The list can go on. Um, I do think that this was just a hiccup. I think that if the offense produces like they can, then the run defense isn't as important because teams cannot come back from behind rushing the ball and wasting time. And so I think that if our offense produces like we all know it can, then, then a lot of the big holes, a lot of the worries that some fans might have are smothered. Yes, this was supposed to be a blowout against the Broncos. And yes, I thought that we, we were going to pull up by, you know, three touchdowns and, and beat them. But it doesn't happen and it's not going to happen every week. But I, I don't think that there's any reason to lose hope in this offense, especially in Patrick Mahomes, because he produced. He did what he was supposed to do. And there's just things that happened that were just crazy, just kooky things that don't generally happen. And, you know, we just weren't able to put points on the board, but I don't think that there's any reason to be fearful for the future. Now with potential matchups, I think that the Steelers, they are a lot like the chiefs in the fact that they play to their opponent's level, right? So if they, if, if, if they play a, a team that's not doing so hot, right? Like the Ravens last week, they're missing a bunch of starters, missing Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, right? 
They they played down to their level and they barely they barely came away with a W. Right now they're playing Washington, who you know they're supposed to smash and they're losing by by three points with two minutes left in the fourth. So down, and the Chiefs tend to do it as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see if when we meet in the AFC Championship, are we both going to play at elite levels, right, with their defense being a, a, a very great defense, with our offense being great, and is it going to be the battle of who is better, right, defensively or offensively, or are we both going to play down to the to the levels of their offense and our defense, and it'll just kind of be a, a messy game. So that's actually what I'm looking forward to. I'm very excited to play the Steelers. I'm very confident in Patrick Mahomes, the excellence that he brings out of all of his players, I think will win. Kind of to echo some of your points, I think the thing that concerns me moving forward that I think is a legitimate concern is our red zone offense. And, and part of that is the running game. And we talked about that earlier where I feel like we kind of are missing a running back who I totally trust in short yardage situations. And I, I think CEH could eventually become that guy because he's so good at making people miss and he's really tough to bring down. I think he could really hide behind some of these offensive linemen and find those small holes and, and find his way in. It's just the season and his opportunities, he hasn't really converted on those opportunities. That's something I, I do have concerns about, especially because the Chiefs offense and the way that she, the Chiefs win games, especially when they get in a game like this where the team is trying to limit the, the time that Mahomes has the ball, the Chiefs need to be very efficient in when, when they have the ball and scoring touchdowns. Because if they're not going to have the ball as much for as much time, they need to take advantage when they do have the ball. So that red zone offense is huge because that's, that's the, the biggest mark for being an efficient offense is being able to score touchdowns on, on your drives. And so unless the Chiefs are going to try to rely on big plays, then it's going to be really hard for them when they go against a, a good defense or a competent offense with a good defense. So those are some concerns for, that I have. The thing is, I don't see any other team that is just a deadly matchup against the Chiefs. Like with the, like you pointed out with the Steelers, and I think the Steelers are really the only threat to us in the AFC. And their defense is really good, but I do not trust their offense to try to keep up with the Chiefs or to even be efficient like we were talking about. While I do think that this weakness that the Chiefs seem to have could bite us in the butt against like a juggernaut, I just don't see that. I don't think there's another juggernaut to be concerned about is basically what I'm saying. Even in the NFC, I don't, I don't think there's any team that will make you pay if you, if you, you know, make mistakes. There's no team that we have to play perfectly in order to beat them. I think we could beat every single team playing a, a B-plus game. So that's why I, I just don't think, while we do have weaknesses, I think we've, we've put enough armor around our Achilles heel that it's, it's not going to matter. Well, good talk, Staten. Everybody, thanks for listening. We're going to have another podcast coming out this week where we preview the Chiefs Miami Dolphins game. Definitely going to be an interesting an interesting game. Definitely not the cupcake game we we were expecting at the beginning of the year. So the Dolphins are 8 and 4 and this can be played in Miami. Dolphins have a, a a really good defense, incredible special teams this year, and their offense is pretty frisky with Tua Tagovailoa who I thought had a good game yesterday. So make sure you guys check out that podcast and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to another Chiefly Football. Please like us, subscribe, and comment. We love to hear from Chiefs Kingdom and football fans everywhere. Until next time. Hey, how about those Chiefs?